All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Well, contrary to popular belief, the sky is not falling here in Toronto. It's the Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Take presented by PointsBet Canada. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. What's up, Rosie? How are you, buddy? I'm average, man. I'm annoyed and frustrated at that game, and it's kind of the first time this year I have felt this way, believe it or not. Okay. Okay, so we'll go over that coming up uh, shortly in our breakdown of the Leafs and Islanders game from UBS Arena last night. Also should mention, we have Ron McLean, the host of Hockey Night in Canada, coming up in about 10 minutes from now, so stay tuned for that, his reaction to that game last night. And moving forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first and foremost, there was a bit of a scrap last night, so I wanted you to break that down and the sequence of events that led to that scrap last night between Noel Achari and Matt Martin. Yeah, I mean, this hit was kind of a bad hit. In this day and age, it's surprising that that wasn't, uh, that wasn't called. I mean, again, a D-man doing a cutback, turning his back to the guy, but, you know, there was enough time to stop, in my opinion. It wasn't a high-speed thing, and then it, it was. I mean, I agree with Johnson on the broadcast. It was a long time after the fact, and I don't think Martin was the one initiating that. I could be wrong, but uh, I don't know. Kind of an odd time to go after it. The game's out of hand already, and... Just it didn't it didn't uh, it didn't provide what the spark that anyone was looking for to be honest with you and 
kind of a nothing fight too. And I know Matt Martin is not uh, not a killer maniac who wants to just beat on guys. And I've seen him more than once lay off like this when a guy's in a real vulnerable position. So, you know, kudos to him for that. And again, it was too little too late to have any effect on the game. Kind of a nothing fight, if you ask me. Yeah, and I, I think I give credit to Martin because I think Achari knew once he laid that hit on Brock Nelson, arguably the best player in that Islanders roster, at least who was dressed last night, he was going to have to atone for it, uh, whether it was clean or not, whether you agree or disagree with the hit. And I, I do like the fact that Martin let up a former Toronto Maple Leaf. He could he could have pumped his eyes shut, right? Yeah, he definitely had him in a bad spot. Again, I mean, the opposite of that Braden Shen fight that we were talking about where he's got his head up yeah. and in complete control on pure offense. I mean, Achari there had his head straight down, vulnerable, and nothing but defense going on in his mind there. Like, right now, you're holding on for dear life. And, I mean, what a vulnerable state that Martin could have taken advantage of, and he didn't, so good for him. But, uh, again, I'm looking at those fights to be purposeful and meaningful, and that one didn't have a lot of it. If I mean, if Martin felt like he needed to get in there over that hit, fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, kind of a nothing deal in, in the midst of things. Yeah, personally, I'm just speculating. Maybe it was Achari who asked to go, but Martin gave him a couple shots and let up. So credit both guys for that spirited affair or lack thereof. But I understand why it came late in that hockey game. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we're subscribed here on at the Leafs Nation 401. Check out our new page, interviews, clips, whatever you would like. Our interview today is going to be up later on today and our shorts. So don't miss that. And a lot of those will be breakdowns of fights featuring yours truly and Jay Rosehill. Uh, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. We'll get to those a bit later on in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. My goodness, uh, after a pretty solid first period, I would say, at UBS Arena last night, uh, Sam Lafferty scores his first goal as a Maple Leaf. Uh, can you explain what happened in the second and third period in that hockey game, Rosie? Well, it was a complete turnaround. I mean, I really feel like the first period, like you said, the Leafs could have been up 2-3-0. Uh, they started very well, and the wheels just absolutely came off. And, I mean, the highlight was the defensemen and, and their lack of, of awareness and their gaffes and blunders, uh, turnovers, um, sloppy plays in the D zone. And a lot of it just came down to communication. I mean, none more obvious than that uh, that McCabe goal where he kind of got mixed up four on four with Tavares. And I mean, that at this level, those guys, I know that's a forward he's mixing it up with. But the problem to me is that these guys just, I completely seem like they are scrambling and on their own out there. And this whole putting lines into a blender has caught up to them a little bit, I believe. It's time to get away from that and start rolling with a, a team that you like. And it's even worse on the back end. I mean, it, it is it is a good problem to have when you have nine legit NHL defensemen that you can play, but not if you give this ring around the rosy rotation that they have going on where every D-man, for the most part, doesn't know if he's going to be in the press box the next day based on one little mistake. And I've played like that my whole career, and it's no way to play hockey. You're gripping your stick. You're thinking about what the coach is doing. Every little chat he has with the defense coach, you're wondering like, oh, is he on my case? And I got to have a good next shift. And then you grip it even more. I mean, Lilligren looked out of sorts. McCabe looked terrible. Gustafson looked out of sorts. Um, the whole back end was 
you know, a little bit sloppy and a little bit jittery. And I mean, at this point in time with a top five NHL team going into the playoffs to, to make a statement and, and do something big for their organization, this isn't what you need to be doing playing peewee hockey where you're rotating nine defensemen. I mean, are you telling me that you're putting Justin Hall in front of Luke Shen? Is that what you're telling Luke Shen right now? That he's playing, that he's not playing. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that he's trying to rotate the guys to try to avoid injury and, and spread the, the ice time out a little bit. But Luke Shen's played two games in the last, what, month, month and a half? Yeah. You think that guy doesn't want to get going and get he's the kind of guy that needs to get reps and needs to get his needs to get his game going. And he's you're not just gonna I mean, it's arrogant to think that you're gonna come into the NHL. Stanley Cup playoffs and just snap your fingers and say, oh, we're going to be playing elite hockey right now. It's, I'm sorry, there's not many teams that are that good. And even a top five NHL team, you need to do some work and you need to get your bearings going, go into the playoffs. And this is not how you do it. It's the first time I've been kind of pissed off. I've defended Keith every step of the way. Still think he's a good coach. Still think he's the guy for the job. I'm not turning my back on him. But yeah. like, what are you doing with that roster? And it was an exclamation point to me, sorry to rant, where he pulls the goalie with seven minutes left. To me, on the bench, that's a big F you to your players and saying, here you go. Everyone take a nice minus out there because I'm not happy with what you're doing out there. And guess what the player's response is going to be to that? Fuck you. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this conversation. Number one, John Cooper does this all the time and widely regarded as the best coach in the NHL. If, if the message sending isn't working, man, make it happen on the ice. To me, that screamed, it's a 5-2 game. You guys have been shit tonight. You're going to take it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Ends up being a 7-2 hockey game. Uh, so you're telling me as a former player, you weren't a big fan of it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. No, I was. And I think those guys, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the line juggling a little bit and whatnot, but after a performance like that, where you are clearly not on the same page as a group of 20, 
uh, time to get some guys going. You've had a look at everybody. You know what you got. You know what they give you. Start to put guys together and start to make some mold. You're not just going to clap your fingers in the last day of the season and say, there we are. There's our awesome team. We're clicking right now. Firing on all cylinders, ready for the lightning. It doesn't really work like that. And uh, maybe his his idea is to do that in the near future, but enough's enough. Like we're clicking down to the last few weeks of the season here. Time to get your roster set and start rolling into the playoffs. And, and that whole pulling the goalie thing, like I think Cooper does that. I remember Dallas Eakins used to do that. You'd pull the goalie with a lot of time left if you're down more than one just to say, hey, if we don't get a couple goals here, we have no chance of winning. But with seven, six minutes left and to pull it with that game that was going on, I, I feel that was just to screw you. And you don't want to get into a pissing match with your locker room. And I'm not saying that's what was definitely happening, but it's just yeah. a bad look. Time to get rid of the blender and time to get your lines going and get your team rolling to the playoffs, man. I'm usually in the minority in this conversation, but I thought it was a brilliant move because I've seen that Leafs team way too many times. I know I took some heat on social media last night, but whatever. It is what it is. They reminded me a lot of that Leafs team who played Columbus, a lot of that Leafs team who played the Montreal Canadiens, they were up 3-1. A lot of that Leafs team that I ripped on in the month of October, man. Just no show. It was like me, Canlan Ice Sports, on a Sunday in Oakville, just going for a skate out there, collecting my one and one and losing the game 7-2. And I don't care if it's one game here in the month of March against the New York Islanders or a preseason game. You need to bring it every night. And the most concerning part is they stopped playing in the last 10 minutes of that hockey game. And I felt bad for Ilya Samsonov last night. Yeah, it's not fair to your goaltender who's been there for you the whole season long. And I know that the theme of this this club this this year is the regular season doesn't matter. And yeah. That's fine. I know that we're not scrambling to win a division, and I know that we're locked into the playoffs, and I know that they know who they're playing. But in the NHL, you can't just pussyfoot around and, uh, oh, we'll figure it out at the last. It doesn't work like that. It, you got to give the league more respect than that, and you're arrogant to think that you're just going to dick around for the last month of the season and then turn it on and mm -hmm. try to win a Stanley Cup. That's ridiculous, and I know everyone in that room is smarter than that, and I'm just kind of trying to figure out what the plan is with this group, and... I hope some changes are made now after that game because it looked atrocious. And it's one of the first times all year that it really did look like those teams of of yesteryear where they yeah. just have nothing and completely stay to the perimeter, make mistake after mistake, turnover after turnover. And every time they try, it's just an individual effort that blows up in their face. They haven't looked like that all year. Not much at all. Even in those bad losses to those shitty teams, that was the first time they've looked like, what is this? And they got to get away from it fast. They sure do, and I think the fortunate thing for the Leafs last night is Tampa also lost to the Montreal Canadiens, so they're still three games up, or three points up, excuse me, with two games in hand. Toronto has 12 left. The Tampa Bay Lightning have 10. Let's bring in today's guest for his thoughts on what's going on in Leafs Nation. It's classic Toronto overreaction. They happen to bring in the host of Hockey Night in Canada. It is Ron McLean. What's up, Ron? Hey, Nick. I was at Canland Ice Sports last night. We were watching uh, the game go. with uh, 19 uh, pounds of chicken wings. Uh, our team ordered uh, some kind of a sale they had. They, I mean, honest to God, they were like cinnamon buns, some of the wings. Uh, got through them and uh, got through that game, and I loved your uh, comments. Uh, the only thing, Jay, I can figure, uh, and I couldn't agree more, because they brought in six new bodies at trade deadline. Uh, they do not look like a cohesive unit. What a way to start a road trip. Uh, they'll be all yeah. bickering or questioning themselves uh, as they head on down for the next three games. So it, it didn't have a good feel at all. But the one thing that's kind of in the back of my mind is they close with eight games and 13 nights in April. They have a frantic April just ahead of the Stanley Cup. So to your point about perhaps, uh, 
you know, Sheldon's thinking, I got to just kind of, you know, give Gio a day off here, uh, Shannon, you know, they're older guys uh, to avoid injury because I'm going to need them, but it's risky. Really, your word is arrogant and it's not a bad word uh, because uh, they just, you know, and, and when you see the Islanders, uh, that's a playoff style team, right? So there, yeah. to me, Cal Clutterbuck is uh, kind of a Brad Marchand, not to put him quite in that league, uh, but God, he's good. You know, I've skated with him in uh, St. Catharines and charity games and he's like yourself or any other NHLer, suddenly it's like you're with Gretzky. Uh, he was really good last night and he looked playoffs. That line looked playoffs. Uh, that defense for the Islanders looked playoffs and the goaltending. So that was a test for Toronto. And uh, I think you're right. The blender killed it. Yeah, and I mean, when you're, I understand, I believe that the Maple Leafs are a better team than that, and you know you're going up against a team with a with a solid forecheck, with with a pretty deep lineup, and they're clawing and scratching for their life. I mean, I think they had a real bad January that, that kind of got them out of the playoff picture, and they're trying to get their way back in there. And if you think you're just going to kind of mess around and sit some guys and blah, blah, you can't just keep taking these L's and losing your identity as a team and then just flip a switch in the playoffs. I mean, you know as well as anybody that that's just not what happens in this league. There's really no one that's that good, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs where everything gets ramped up three, fourfold. It's it's just too risky. You got to, I mean, and to try to protect against injuries and stuff like that. I mean, when you're out there playing and you're trying to like stay away from the dirty areas and you're trying not to get hurt, that's when you right. get hurt. You got you just got to go out there and play hockey. And I don't know if that's the plan or not, but it's it just it did not look good last night at all. I always go back to uh, Pittsburgh rolled into the 93 playoffs as the two-time champions. They won 17 in a row to end the regular season, and then they got all banged up. Uh, they ended up with Mario Hurt and Yager Hurt, and everybody was hurt. So uh, Stevens got hurt badly with Rich Pilon, remember? Uh, so it's that's a little bit the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. I, I thought back last night as I look at Long Island, um, I always remember Pat Quinn, unfortunately, bless his heart, uh, he, he went to write Robert Reichel into the starting lineup, but he put Michael Renberg by mistake. Mm -hmm. And Renberg had to go to, the, or Reichel had to go to the dressing room in one of the greatest, dirtiest looks you've ever seen in hockey. Uh, and then Alan McCauley ended up double shifting because Matt Sundin was also on the shelf. And that was in the first round and Toronto went on a tear and went to the third round of the playoffs. So you, you never know, but I do right. I do look at that April schedule. And the only good thing is they have a lot of games to seal home ice because they're going to need it against Tampa. It's funny, Ron. You know, I was thinking when you were coming on today, just the, the market and the pressure cooker that we live in and broadcast from here in Toronto. Uh, you, you've been in this market for so long. What can you say about like every loss, every waking loss people are tied on, even on social media, as I referenced earlier on, people going nuts over a, a meaningless loss, I like to call it, against the New York Islanders in the month of March. Well, first of all, Nick, one of the things uh, that you discuss a lot, and uh, you know, I think obviously you and Jay would have this zest, uh, but the idea of uh, argument. Uh, I, I do think there's a lot to be said for what we would call narrative tension. Uh, you know, if you if everybody's just getting along, uh, it is kind of boring. And I, I'll tell you a story about a teacher was uh, sent down into Tempe, Arizona, to teach at a school. She was a Harvard graduate in education, and she was, you know, the typical outsider brought in to solve problems. This was a, a school specifically for students who'd been expelled from other schools, juvenile offenders, really rough kids in a, in a black neighborhood of uh, Tempe, Arizona called Helena. And uh, she was trying to teach them, you know, resilience and pride in uh, Barack Obama or Malcolm X or Martin Luther King Jr., nothing. They, the kids weren't paying attention. Uh, she had a lot of policies about raise your hand. You know, if you have to go to the washroom, don't put your head on the desk or you're going to get a zero on your exam. And 
finally she played, uh, or she didn't play, she read them. Uh, a Raisin in the Sun was a great play by a woman named Lorraine Hansbury. And in that uh, play, the husband and wife are arguing and bickering all the time and the grandmother's yelling and screaming and kids loved it because it kind of reminded them of their scene of, of home, you know, and, and things that they'd been through. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, you know, a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say, Nick, is, is when you're in uh, Twitter war, I, I don't go there because it's just, honestly, I can't <laughs> possibly, you know, uh, and not to sound like Hockey Night in Canada is the biggest deal in the world, but you know, if I get in shit, all of a sudden it's the Globe and Mail and the CBC National News, and I'm trying to deal with that. And, and then it becomes a sideshow to what we're, you know, trying to do. So I got to be very careful, but you shouldn't be, and you, you should continue to stir the pot. And I think we all enjoy that, you know, deep down, that's kind of the... Uh, the you know the the bickering or the the, the uh, panics uh, the sky is falling uh, are part of the joy of it all to be truthful well it's funny because me and nick do go back and forth sometimes and have differing opinions and our our backgrounds are different as far as how we've interacted with this team and um we've almost kind of flip-flopped sometimes and i've noticed that the fans on the twitter i'm new to it too ron and i'm getting a taste for what it's all about being on twitter especially following this team <laughs> a lot of passion but it's been like this year has been almost different where they used to the sky is falling after every loss and the wins are meaningless and now all of a sudden the losses are meaningless and the sky is falling after every win because something wasn't perfect and they just can't make up their mm -hmm. mind but what do you think this team needs to do to get over that hump I mean it's just glaringly obvious that the first round is the hump they need to get over I believe they have had better teams in the past than the teams they've played and they still lose what does this team have to do here I think Jay and you you tell me but I just think they need the right save at the right time so uh, last night as an example when Lilligren coughs it up I want that save. Uh, of all the things I think about with Dominic Hasek, uh, especially when he played for the Ottawa Senators, I'd see Yashin try something, you know, dipsy doodle at his own blue line, break away the other way, and not a chance you're beating Hasek. Uh, he would always pick up the guy that made that screw up. And I think that's uh, that'll be the key. You know, they haven't been able to get that save in the Columbus series in the bubble. Uh, in the, you know, Freddie Anderson's, uh, you know, he was a great goalie, but that just one shot from a far right boards was kind of reminded me of Laleem allowing a far right board shot uh, to Joe Newendike, I think it was, might have been Gary Roberts. And that save, without it, you, you're not going to get over the hump. So it's going to be on Matt Murray. And you, you talked about this the other day that, you know, he's, he looks like he's, you know, he's a two-time winner. So the guys will have faith that he knows how to perform under pressure. I think I hate to load it up on him, but I, I do want to see that save when uh, this mix and match defense is <laughs> sorting it out. They're going to need a they're going to need a huge save, uh, the same kind of saves that Vasilevsky and and the other thing about that is you know the the defense is such a such an interesting recipe all the time. When uh, Rafalski came to Detroit problems solved. Now you had Lindstrom and Rafalski and they had a great defense, deep defense. Uh, Tampa loses Ryan McDonough and they're not quite the same. You know, Boston adds Hampus Lindholm and look. So um, I do think, you know, that's still uh, that's still an outlier for Toronto. Have they, you know, bringing in Matthias Ekholm in Edmonton? Wow. So, uh, you know, Edmonton, I think, is a deep, deep threat to go to the Stanley Cup in the, on the other side. But for Toronto, a big save. And can that defense, because uh, when I think about that, I'm rambling here, but when I think about the, uh, I think it was 99, they had like Sylvain Cote and uh, Dmitry Iskevich and uh, Karpatsev and Brian Berard was on that team. It wasn't like, you know, 
Edmonton won a cup in 90 with what you wouldn't say a no-name defense, but not a famous mm-hmm. defense. And so you can do it. You just, but to your, again, argument, uh, okay, settle on Shen or somebody and let them, you know, find their game. Uh, we got to put an APB out there for uh, Connor Timmons as well. I haven't seen that guy in a couple of weeks. And uh, to your point, exactly what I was thinking about, Ilya Sorokin, man. He was just tremendous last night, that save on Eric Gustafson. You need that save to get your team over the hump, whether it's Darcy mm-hmm. Kemper in last year's Stanley Cup playoffs or a guy like Andre Vasilevsky who has done it so many, many years uh, before. So we know it's going to be Toronto and Tampa. That's been signed, sealed, and delivered for a couple months. But in your opinion, Ron, who is the biggest you know, most important player for the Maple Leafs as we enter this series here against Tampa Bay Lightning? Hmm. Um, that's a, you know, I, it has to be Matthews. Uh, you know, he, he engineered yeah. that uh, 3-2 goal last night. I know Mitch is brilliant. Uh, Mitch is kind of the Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hart uh, Trophy ca- caliber, you know, brilliant. Um, but I think as Stamkos goes, uh, although they won a cup without him, so I shouldn't, I guess, be saying that. Uh, I just think Austin, he, he he feels like the smile that says it all, relieves all tension. Uh, he, you know, when he's in order, uh, then everybody else can kind of relax. Uh, so I, I felt like uh, he is finding his groove. Uh, that's extremely important. And uh, yeah, I would say Matthews. Yeah, it's and I mean at the end of the day, you're not going to win on one guy getting hot. The, the no. teams that go deep in the playoffs, they have that depth, and I think the Leafs have learned that in the past, where you can't just say, "Okay, okay, ten million dollar guy, go win this thing for us." It doesn't really work like that, especially in the playoffs. I think they've done a a great job getting deeper. I think you know they can get that big save now, and I mean, you know, standing on a bench like that that game last night, when you get those big saves that you're talking about. The bench almost feels like okay, like we got let off the hook. That was their push. Now let's let's solve this problem. Let's take it to them. Now we've gotten off the hook here, and the other team's going, man, we've we've been peppering this guy. And are you kidding me? That one didn't go in, and it can just be a, a big save like that can just really turn the momentum of a game around. And I think they can get that out there, but uh, you know, obviously yet to be seen. I think so many people are waiting in this country with bated breath for this playoffs, and we can't wait, but. We need your prediction, Ron, this year. The Toronto Maple Leafs get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I do feel like uh, things are pointing in the right direction. I think uh, Tampa's, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're on a, the downslide permanently, but they, they just look like they've kind of had their fill for a bit. Uh, they don't look as quite on the bit like uh, they did. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't underestimate them, that's for sure. Uh, and they still have a, you know, really big, tough to play against defense, uh, you know, Hedman special and, and Sergachev and Chernak. So there, it won't be easy. That's for sure. But I think Murray's up to the task if he's on to, to match Vasilevsky. And I do think that bitter pill in the, in the mouths of those Leafs, you know, what they've experienced is uh, every team reaches that, you know, so fed up that, uh, you know, they'll go through the wall to win. And I and I do think, you know, little things, Nylander going off the ice unhappy last night. Uh, I thought your point was good about uh, Keith kind of sending a message that, you know, screw you guys, I'm pulling the goalie with seven to go because you've quit. And back to that save thing again, I already mentioned the yeah. Lilligren turnover and the fashion goal, but same when uh, Mitch Marner, your guy, your, your top yeah. guy this year, when he tries to feed uh, Morgan Riley and then he, he bumped into Gustafson had already planted up at the far blue line so that uh, neither D is yeah. hinging. So the only guy that can hinge is the guy that made the pass and he did a good job to get back and make it interesting, but uh, just a brilliant shot uh, by Clutterbuck and not, didn't get the save, right, that they, they needed, so... That that'll be that'll be a key. I think I do feel like it's going to happen though. I I have a, 
you know, I, I do have a kind of sense that uh, we're pointing towards a, uh, I don't know how you beat Boston. I really don't, but I, I have a feeling <laughs> that Tor Toronto and Edmonton are, uh, are going to make some real noise this spring. And that would be incredible if they met up potentially in the Stanley Cup final to dovetail this interview. Uh, I'm not sure if you know about this, but at Ice Sports, you being a former official, free nachos if you don't take a penalty during your game, Ron. Yeah, well, we screwed that up last night. Not me. We lost the game. First of all, we lost the game. Was I'm out? Playoffs. The playoffs right? were, were yeah, out. That was yeah. it. Yeah, the second game we had tied the first, but uh, they they brought in Vasilevsky to play net the other team. So <laughs> I don't know what happened. We'd never seen this guy, but he had us, and they were better anyway. They win four two. So we we devoured the nineteen pounds of wings, and uh, we still we took a cross checking double minor late in the game, Nick. So that was off the books. Hey, shout out to my brother, Angelo, as well. He's a goaltender, plays Wednesday nights. Uh, so the two-game series, both games were on 0-0. The second wow. game obviously went to a shootout, and they lost in the fifth round of the shootout. But you get two shoutouts in a row as a goalie and lose that series. It's, it's That's ice sports for you, right? Yeah. Hey, by the way, I saw Colton Norris coaching the Connecticut Whale, right, Jay? Yeah. So your old Toronto Maple Leaf teammate, and uh, they, they lost in the third and deciding. So they had a situation. They won game one against Toronto Six, the Connecticut Whale. Uh, second game went to overtime and they lost in that one in overtime and then they lost the final game and Colton was great because they there hadn't been a penalty called which favored Toronto that was you know it reminded me of the Leafs and the Red Wings back in game seven Koharski only called one and the, Detroit was all up in arms because hey that's not fair to us with all our weapons uh, but Colton was so great on the bench he just looks like a coach so I, I hope he's enjoying that and I don't know what he wants to parlay that into but uh, yeah he was really impressive doing that Guy. And yeah, that was good to see him back usual. there. I, I saw yeah. that on the TV, and he looks good back there. He's uh, he? he looks like he's yeah. made to be back there. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to play for him, wouldn't you, <laughs> Ron? You're the <laughs> best. You Thank you so up. much for this today. Pleasure, Nick. Yeah, cheers, Jay. All the best, you guys. Thanks, Ron. Good to see you. Yeah. And it's a host of uh, Hockey Night in, uh, in Canada, Ron McLean. Just always bringing the goods, man. I love the stories. You can just sit back and chill and. And listen to what he has to say, you know? They just ooze out of him, man. They always have. Yeah, I've done a crazy. few events yeah. with them and stuff around Alberta. Yeah. And uh, salt of the earth kind of guy. It's nice to hear his voice and that uh, he's been doing it for so long. It's nice that when people get come in and out of the business, there's some staples that always uh, are around. It's good feeling for sure. Let's take a look now at the Atlantic Division roundup and the standings as we do and like we like to do once per week here on the show. So as mentioned, Tampa loses last night to the Montreal Canadiens. So everything's kosher for the Leafs. You drop that ugly game, whether it's 7-2 or 3-2 or for that matter, you're still in second in the Atlantic Division. You still have two games in hand and you're three points up on Tampa. So they're almost there. And um, obviously you would like to have home ice in that first round, but you just can't overlook those numbers for the Boston Bruins. And then... The added kicker too, the Florida Panthers, Rosie. Weirdly enough, Toronto can play a big part in determining if Florida's going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Three of Toronto's last 12 games against the Panthers starting tomorrow night in Sunrise. Yeah, that's weird. It seems like they haven't even played them uh, all year long. But again, you you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see some desperate hockey from a desperate team. I mean, it's always that time of year where a team that's cozily nestled in their playoff picture and I guess you could quote unquote not playing for much, and by that, by that I mean not playing for much in the standings or in this uh, in this light that we're talking about right now. But it's it's always a coach's jo job to get that group to 
continue playing at a high level and to remember their identity and remember their assignments and remember their systems. And you can't go out there and dick around because when you start to lose it, it's difficult to get it back no matter who you are. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see down down the stretch. I actually prefer that they're playing teams that are they're fighting for their playoff life because it's kind of you know you're not going to get sloppy hockey and and careless playing out there you're going to get some desperate teams and that's good that's good for you going to the playoffs and something we haven't talked about is second game second last game of the year we've got the tampa bay lightning so i mean yeah that's going to feel they like a, they a preview anybody the, for that game we'll see we'll see it'll be interesting to see what does happen but that is the most likely thing they got everyone up in the press box making sure nobody's uh nobody's injured but nonetheless when the two uh two organizations get together you're getting a little preview of what's to come so that'll be interesting as well yeah i'm telling you right now joseph wall is going to start that game bobby mcmahon's going to be on the first line if you're toronto you're showing them nothing and i don't know if tampa is going to show them anything either there's no doubt in my mind vasilevsky's not going to play in that game you're going to get brian elliott and it's going to be pretty much a waste of time and I hope that game falls out on weekend so we don't have to break it down, quite frankly. But let's look forward now to the points bet wrap-up. And as per usual, the chat on fire. Our guy Mo says, what's up? How's it going, Mo? Prescott as well. Uh, Tim back in the mix. Kind of happy that last night's game wasn't televised in Calgary. It would have been a grumpy MFR. Uh, Mood McVibes. The early part of the season is when you rotate, guys. As the season closes, the lineups should be tighter. I actually disagree with this whole notion that they should stop lining the lines, man. There's still 12 games left. I do think we're at a point around the eight-game mark where you really have to solidify things. Is Luke Shen going to be one of those guys? Is Hall going to be one of those guys? Who's going to factor into your, your bottom six? Like Those are the questions they should be answering right now. Unfortunately, it was just a perfect storm last night. They, they ran into a desperate team in the New York Islanders. I thought Toronto was good in the first period. Uh, some mishaps in the second period. It was turnover city. And ultimately, we've seen that the last couple of years. When this team comes unglued at the hinges, it's D-zone turnovers, it's gaffes, it's mistakes. We've seen that in the playoffs against the Montreal Canadiens from a guy specifically like Lilligren. So it does happen, but I don't think we need to overreact to all the blending here. Yeah, well, the saving grace is that it doesn't matter in the in the standings right now it's not killing them it's not this heartbreaking loss where you desperately need the team to show up so you could justify it that way um again i do think these last couple of weeks they clip by so damn fast and those last mm -hmm. couple of games as you just mentioned too might be a total throwaway so the time yeah. is ticking to get your roster going and if that is the direction he's going and maybe i just want to see it a little bit earlier than than keith uh, is deciding to do it that's totally fine but um again i mean i, I don't get frustrated at these losses because we desperately need the points or anything like that. Not that we've had a lot of them. It's just that was a specific game where I think they took a little step backwards. And I mm -hmm. believe that the only, you know, understandable reason for it was the fact that these guys have just been jumbled around and there's there's not a lot of cohesion going on within that starting 20 guys that are that are on the ice because they don't know who they're going to be with they don't know even the back end they don't know if they're even going to be playing or not and a guy like Shenner is needs to get some reps and he's sitting in the yeah. press box over over Justin Hall like why is that it's still a head scratcher but again I'm not at the helm of this thing. Somebody else is. And to touch on that last second last game of the year that you mentioned, that'll clearly be nothing. What if home ice is on the, uh, what if home ice is up for grabs? Will that change anything in your mind as far as how hard I, they're going to go? I had people go at me on social media last night. I don't care if the Leafs are in game seven on the road or on home ice, man. And I don't think Tampa cares, quite frankly. If Tampa cared, I think this would be solidified and the Lightning would be the home ice team in the first round. They've lost some weird, weird games, man. Not to say they're not trying or whatever, but like they're just going through the motions. 
getting set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think Tampa proved it last year and years previous. Like, it does not matter whether it's Amelie Arena or Scotiabank Arena. From the least perspective, maybe it matters a bit more because of the, the last change and you have the ability to have Ryan O'Reilly as your third-line center. But ultimately, I don't think Tampa cares that much. And from the least perspective, I don't really think they care that much either. It really is a pick em when it gets to a Game 7 anyways. I don't care if people say the crowd makes something or a deal or not. I just disagree with that. I, I don't know if home ice matters as much in the NHL world as it does to maybe home court advantage in the NBA. Uh, Tim writes in, I understand the line mixing arises out of the Tavares injury from last playoff and the new additions this year. But Rosie has it right. They need to say, uh, they need to say here, here are the lines. Let's work. RB for number one D, uh, Morgan Riley was a no-show, wasn't engaged at the playoff. Uh, the play soft in front of their net. I get it. It's the same type of conversation and ridicule for a guy like Morgan Riley. PS17, Keefe is trying to figure out the puzzle pieces and who fits with who. Goaltending their top four and limiting turnovers will determine their playoff fate. I could not agree more with that sentiment, Rosie. As we wrap, uh, so you won't be here tomorrow. Back on Friday, and uh, we'll recap uh, the first of three between the Leafs and the Panthers to finish off the regular season here. You betcha. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll uh, wrap up this week in a good way and see what happens with this uh, Florida Panthers team. So, yeah, looking forward to it. A lot of different opinions, a lot of different takes on what's going on, yeah. what should be going on. And it's uh, it's an interesting situation. It's not just black and white. Like, you got to put the hammer down, give everything you have to try to sneak into the playoffs. That's pretty That's pretty obvious to some teams out there. We got a little bit more, a uh, little bit of mental warfare going on on how we're going to approach the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. It's just funny. You see how Tampa's been doing. You see how Toronto's been doing. And one fan base is losing their collective shit. The other, <laughs> they 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 couldn't be bothered. They've been the three straight Stanley Cups. But I, I looked up. The sky is not falling. So we will be back for a show tomorrow, which is great to see. Whatever. They lost 7-2 to the New York Islanders, who were a desperate team. We roll on. That's Jay Rose. So many thanks to Ron McLean for stopping by. And, of course, our producer, Alex, uh, for ripping it up. As per usual, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.